everyone, it's Chuby. And I'm Vanessa. And we, and are, we are No, no Filters, no, no Fears podcast. And today's elephant is a level four. Hello, Fearless fam. Chuby here. It's April 5th, and April happens to be Parkinson's Disease Awareness Month. So, Vanessa and I decided to do an episode on Parkinson's Disease. I hope you're eager to learn about all the information that we have gathered for you all. What is Parkinson's disease? It's a brain disorder that leads to shaking, stiffness, and difficulty with walking, balance, and coordination. Parkinson's symptoms usually begin gradually and get worse over time. As the disease progresses, people may have difficulty walking and talking. Parkinson's disease is caused by a loss of nerve cells in the part of the brain called the substantia nigra. Nerve cells in this part of the brain are responsible for producing a chemical called dopamine. Parkinson's disease, as described, is the most common form of Parkinsonism disorders and is sometimes called idiopathic or primary Parkinsonism. The disease is named after a British physician, James Parkinson, who first described it in an essay on the shaking palsy in 1817. He, f- he first medically described it as a neurological syndrome. The best treatment for Parkinson's disease, as per the Mayo Foundation for Medical Education and Research, is levodopa, the most effective Parkinson's disease medication. It's a natural chemical that passes into your brain and is connected to dopamine. Levodopa is combined with carbidopa, which protects levodopa from early conversion to dopamine outside your brain. I hope you're pacing yourself as you are listening to this, stopping at moments that you're confused or, you know, doing your own research about this. But if you guys have any questions, always remember to leave a comment or DM us directly. Um, Next, I am going to have uh, 411 with Chuby. I know it's been a long time, but I am very excited to share five organizations that I found about Parkinson's. Uh, dealing with Parkinson's disease and I want them to be clear for you guys and um, I'm gonna put up the little visuals for you just so you guys could have it and make sure your guys are clicking on the right um, organization so stay tuned for 411 with Chuby. 411 with Chuby. so here are the five organizations that I found on Parkinson's disease The first one in our list is National Parkinson's Foundation. It helps patients actively enjoy life through expert care and treatment research. You could go to parkinsons.org for this information. Next in our list is American Parkinson's Disease Association. It provides support, education, and research to help you live a full life. You could go to apdaparkinson.org. Third in our list is the European Parkinson's Disease Association. It advocates for the rights and needs of patients and their families. You could go to epda.eu.com. Fourth in our list is the Parkinson Alliance. It's the umbrella organization, the Parkinson's Unity Wall, that takes place every spring in New York City. You could go to parkinsonsalliance.org. And the last one in our list is Caring.com. It has a support group for caregivers, family, and friends of those with Parkinson's disease. No subject is off limited in this forum. You could go to caring.com. 
And that was all for 411 with Chuby. If you guys have any questions, again, don't forget to leave a comment below or message us directly. And now for Vanessa with her take on Parkinson's disease. Hey, hey, fearless fam. Vanessa here. And I'm going to be discussing with you guys uh, a, a different part of Parkinson's. So... I'm going to be discussing a bit more of the holistic approach to treating it. Parkinson's, as Chuby has mentioned, is, you know, a, a, a disease that affects the nervous system and and it affects a, a drop in dopamine levels. Dopamine, we know, is our, our happy hormone, right? Mixed with serotonin and such is how we feel and and. It's what makes our brains react and feel pleasure and happiness um, to, to things. So this is a drop in those dopamine levels and it affects the nervous system and it's not, it's the synapses aren't the same, right? And there's different stages of it. There's mild, moderate, and then of course, severe Parkinson's disease. And in more mild and moderate cases and it's not what everybody thinks either it's not just the the tremors it's not just tremors that are a symptom of this this also you know there's neurological obviously there's neurological side effects to this depression and whatnot but there's also when it comes to speech so i wanted to discuss granted if you're if you or a loved one um, is someone who has Parkinson's in a more moderate to severe or severe state, do get professional help. Go to a hospital. Those therapies are, are, are very important and much advanced in the last, um, what, 30, 40 years. Um, Parkinson's seems to be something that occurs in people in older age. However, it's not exclusive to those 60 and older. My, uh, Michael J. Fox, uh, an actor um, best known for um, Back to the Future, he was diagnosed with early onset Parkinson's when he was 29. So it's possible. And it was a very big shock to him. And he chose to attack it in a very different way. So that's why I wanted to, and I personally am a big believer and advocate of holistic medicines of alternative approaches, or as they're trying, as they're referring to them now as complementary or alternative therapies for different diseases. And they're seeing it more like that because more and more, thank goodness, people are recognizing that medicine does not have to be so linear. We've become a... Uh, a culture, and I'm talking about worldwide, and, and more so in the States, obviously, that relies on pharmaceuticals. And pharmaceuticals banks on us being sick. So obviously, I am um, for doctors. I, I do believe that not all of them are out there just to make you sick and keep you sick. There are people there that really want to heal you. But um, I'm also a believer that there could be a balance between both. Um Always, you know, like Chuby says, hashtag, you know, um, oh, I forgot our own hashtag, y'all. 
but read. Dang it, read. It's important. And the more we read and, and, and find information, it's not just, okay, this guy went to school and you know, I'll trust everything that they say. Educate yourself as well. Ask questions. If you don't know what to ask, find somebody that you trust to help you research these things and ask the right questions. Your health is also your responsibility. And um, sometimes doctors don't forget certain things maliciously. They've got 50,000 other patients and things on their brain. But again, this is more about me discussing my... Um, advocacy of uh, complementary and alternative measures to treat different things in particular right now Parkinson's so um, approximately 40% of Parkinson's patients have gone and gotten these alternative therapies or treatments for their symptoms right and and that's here in the United States in eastern countries that the amount of patients that are seeking, alternative treatments is 75%. And that's according to Dr. Chauncey Spears from the University of Michigan. And and that is crazy pants that the number is so much higher in Eastern countries, but they've also, they've also, these are countries that are used to treating things with roots and herbs and, and things like that. And we've deviated significantly from that um, here in the States. Uh, and little by little, we're seeing more of an awareness to to organics, to natural, you know, measures. And that makes me really excited. Um, and one of the things is that they can't always necessarily treat, you know, the cause itself, but they can mitigate a lot of, of the symptoms, um, meaning with these therapies and, and I'm going to chat with you guys right now some of these therapies are include (laughs) chiropractic methods homeopathy music therapy i love the concept of music therapy it keeps the brain moving right it helps uh react react reactivity and um associating and timing right and and pick up picking up of cues it's so it's such a beautiful thing to watch they use it a lot with stroke patients and people who um uh, have different levels of uh, who are on different levels of the um autism spectrum so and it, it, it helps reactivity it helps engagement um where else am i <laughs> acupuncture uh, naturopathy uh, and of course we have nutritional aspects and herbal supplements herbal supplements you're always going to find I'm not going to get into a list of them because I'm not a doctor I don't want you all to get misled if you're interested in what kind of herbal treatments there are for this um, there are herbology like holistic right uh, doctors and you can go to an herb I think they're called herbologists, aren't they? I could be making up a profession. <laughs> but um, when it comes to nutrition, they have found, and I urge you to read more articles on this. Um, there's a lot of great articles in Mayo Clinic and the health blog for the University of Michigan has a lot of research on this as well. But of the effects of um, restrictions, cer- certain dietary restrictions for um Parkinson's patients that actually increase 
the levels of dopamine or increase the production of dopamine, which is something that is rare and difficult for someone who is battling Parkinson's disease. And as I mentioned at the beginning, these dope, dope, this hormone um, is kind of like a trigger for the brain. And it, it helps mitigate a lot of these symptoms and make them easier to deal with. The brain is a really complicated place. And y'all, I've been watching some Grey's Anatomy. And the more I watch it, the clearer it becomes to me. And I know that that's a, like a very dramatized series, but it's based on some... I watch it with my mother, who's a doctor, and she was like, yep, that's exactly what it's like. So there's a lot of truth to it. They didn't just pull it out of the air. And whether dramatized on television and film, the fact is the human body is an ever-evolving, ever-changing map because of our environment, because of what our food looks like before we consume it, right? What is it made up of? Then we consume it. How do our bodies individually react, right? We know that there's allergies and things like this. Now, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to cause you Parkinson's, but these are things to consider that not everybody is the same body, literal body. And brains, the brain is one of the least understood things on the planet. We've mapped so much of it, right? And psychotherapy and, and, and literal mapping of, you know, the components of the brain, the anatomy of the brain. And we figure out what certain things, how they process and whatnot. But we'll never really completely understand it. And that being said, that's why we have so many people that struggle with these kind of neuro um, diseases that are so difficult to reverse, if possible to reverse. So if there are other additional ways that you can prevent or mitigate, specifically if you're the caretaker or family member of someone battling these diseases, and you can have an opportunity to lessen those symptoms so that you can give them a better quality of life. Um, something that was really big in my growing up because my mother dealt, uh, took care of a lot of terminally ill patients. My mother always taught me and it's always stayed with me. And I'm not a doctor, but it applies. One's quality of life has more weight sometimes than the quantity of life. You can live a hundred years, and if those hundred years was riddled with disease and difficulty, did you really enjoy that life? Were you able to give fulfillment and enjoyment to those around you that you wanted to share with and give your best of? Probably not. So in having this knowledge and finding different ways to treat or mitigate symptoms and diseases I think creates a, a new culture of adding a quality of life for each other and for ourselves that allows us to really experience and enjoy the most that we can of our life um Again, you can find this article on the health blog and it's called Exploring Alternative Therapies for Parkinson's Disease and it is on the U of M 
University of Michigan Health blog. And now, I, I, upon research, and I'm sure Truby was equally as surprised to see so many uh, well-known celebrities that have suffered Parkinson's disease of all ages. You know, we can throw names out there of some very brilliant minds. Janet Reno, you know. Um, my goodness. I mentioned Michael J. Fox. Muhammad Ali one of the the most famous fam- famous famous boxers and of course i was shocked i was really shocked by this because this is a uh, this is a painter and we know what some of the symptoms of parkinson's looks like but salvador dali famous famous painter battled this 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 very difficult disease so i'm going to now move on those are some alternative treatments and of course like i said it includes um nutrition change regular exercise the more uh, you know how they say like when you're sick or you're sad hey go for a jog just step on the treadmill it kind of makes the dopamine and the serotonin keep pumping and because these are the things that are lacking or in low levels when one has parkinson's disease it seems to have a positive effect it's not going to necessarily cure the disease, but it definitely helps lessen the symptoms if you're in a mild to moderate state. Stress management. Yes, stress management. Um, sometimes Parkinson's can be set on by extreme stressors in life. like, And life is pretty damn stressful, so things to pay attention to. Um, and then, of course, we have other things, which I really... I really, this is where I get very excited and into it when I see that these alternatives that have been working for thousands of years in other countries are being applied to help such severe diseases. So things like acupuncture and Tai Chi, right? Asian medicine has been giving us, gifting us possibilities for quality of life and for, um, longevity and all these things that we've taken in stride or taken and americanized in some way or another and there's no need because if it's been working as is there's a potential that it can work without being tinkered with now granted there's tweaks that are beneficial because we've learned things with time but in great part things like tai chi and acupuncture there's there's no need for tweaking um there's also uh the continual um intake of coq10 which i'm sure you guys have heard a lot of on the commercials um with com- and and of course this is not on its own this is also in hand in hand with conventional medicine and it says here and this is uh very well health um as with conventional medicine, no type of alternative therapy has been found to stop the progression of Parkinson's disease. Um, it's really sad. There is no cure. But again, quant- quality of life versus the quantity of it and mitigating those symptoms can make it such a wonderful experience, not just for the individual who has to battle that disease, uh, but also for those around them that get to enjoy the person that they love right let me see here and i also wanted to 
chat with you guys a bit about a bit about a bit about um why the red tulip and why we've been using it on a lot of the promotional things and it's because in i'm going to read it directly to you actually there is a history behind it in 1980 jws vanderworld i'm going to not do very well with this last name world a dutch uh, horticulturalist he had parkinson's disease he um he was diagnosed with parkinson's but he developed a red and white tulip vanderwelt named his prized flower the dr james parkinson's tulip to honor the english apothecary surgeon who originally described parkinson's in 1812 and um People might think that that's odd. Why would you want to honor the person who, like, I don't think it's odd. And I would hope that it makes perfect sense to honor and tribute someone who gave a name to something that you're suffering with and, and don't know. So many diseases that w- were not named, were not known, were passed off as a mental illness. And then people were discarded and, and treated horribly. So the fact that it was given a name and given a reason and that it didn't make and that it still allowed them to be a part of society and then potentially seek that quality of life um it's a it's a beautiful tribute and it makes perfect sense to me and so um the red tulip with the white fringe that he created became the official symbol of parkinson's disease at the ninth world parkinson's disease day conference in luxembourg on april 11th 2005 and although the flower had been already associated with parkinson's awareness since the early 1980s which is when he named it after um after uh, dr parkinson's so i think that it was important to also know that so that if you want to represent if you want to support you know, the, the Parkinson's Foundation here in South Florida is a great foundation and it has amazing resources, but it also has space for volunteers that are interested in, in helping out. Um, I do have quotey quotes. So here we go with the quote quotes. It's only one quote quote. Um, and it is from Michael J. Fox. And he says, and this is, it's, you know, it's Parkinson's Awareness Month. So it says, one's dignity may be assaulted, vandalized, and cruelly mocked, but cannot be taken away unless it is surrendered. I can not even begin to imagine what it is to battle a disease like Parkinson's, especially after having life experiences and feeling like you still have life, so much life left. Um, and I'm talking and, and specifically for those with more severe, more progressed diagnosis. And when you see on the media and, and such, negative commentary or quote-unquote jokes being made about 
the symptoms or what Parkinson's is perceived to be. It's really upsetting. You know? Now, granted, I've seen people with dementia, and I'm sorry, not dementia, Parkinson's make, you know, some jokes because they recognize that, you know, you've got to make light of certain things. But to ignorantly poke fun or devalue another human being based on their situation is not humane, is not kind. So that we can laugh at a disease and laugh at certain symptoms and move on with our life and and still appreciate that's one thing but um michael j fox went uh through a lot when he first was diagnosed and started developing and demonstrating a lot of symptoms in public and people were so cruel and unkind and i'm hoping that as time progresses we've learned to be a little kinder with each other especially after living through a pandemic right and i say living through because we're already on the endemic end let's hope and so um i hope it reminds us to be kinder to one another my final thoughts on the matter is i am a huge advocate for holistic medicine and alternative therapies uh, as a as a standalone honestly depending on the gravity of your situation but definitely as a complement to conventional medicine that can sometimes ignore the individuality of each brain and body and human spirit because there is a shit ton to be said for the human spirit um and outliving out um and just going beyond what is expected based on diagnosis scientists and science and research is wonderful and it's great to have those identifiers and, and and knowledge but we should always leave a little room for possibility and hope and um and the human spirit so stay fearless love you all stay fearless everyone